It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Welcome back. Toby and Watson with you here on SEN, your home of sport right around the country. If you want to text in, 0433 Well, it's time to talk cricket and the England v India Test Series continues to be absorbing after the Pobs squared the ledger following victory in the third test at Headingley. Also, the COVID situation has led to the first bout of fixture changes here in Australia in the early part of the summer. Andrew Menzel joins us from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast to discuss the latest cricketing news. How are you, Menzel? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Damien. That's How are you? Good to hear. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, England won the third test over in India by an innings and 76 runs. Uh, what did you make of the performance of the swift Indian collapse on the fourth day? Yeah, it was an incredible fight back from the Poms after getting um, cowed up at Lords. They, they came out swinging early and bowled India out for 78. And then India just could never fight back and... A really good performance by England. They, they found a good attack with um, Ollie Robinson and um, James Anderson destroying England. So, yeah, terrific performance. Um, and Joe Reid, another century. So, you know, a series we thought maybe India were going to run away with um, looks to be a lot closer than we thought. Yeah, hopefully it is a tight series come the end of it. Who do you think is going to have the upper hand in the fourth test? Because it's hard to gauge in a way. England will come into it with momentum, but... When India are on their day, they certainly can be a difficult proposition, as we know. They probably are the benchmark in the world, really. Yeah, look, it's uh, sort of thinking about the conditions, you know, playing they're playing at the Oval in London, and traditionally it might turn a little bit more. So that means India might consider bringing in Ravi Ashwin, and he'll be bowling to a lot of left-handers in the England batting lineup, so he might do a bit of damage. So... Oh, it's going to be a close game. It's sort of hard to separate the teams. But I, I do like the way England have changed their top order and they've got rid of Dom Sibley. They've brought in Hamid to open with Burns and then they've got Milan at three. So it just looks a bit more solid, um, but they're still obviously relying on Joe Root. So, yeah, it, it's going to be a, a tight game. Um, I do expect India will do much better than they did at Leeds. That was a shocker. Coley will regret not bowling first. <laughs> Yeah, it's the beauty of hindsight. NASA the same would know all about that, as we know, when it comes to the toss. Uh, Joe Root returned, speaking of which, to the top of the ICC test batting rankings. Uh, he's certainly in fantastic form, even when the Pobs were struggling. He seems to be the guy that stands up, and I think that shows great resoluteness within his own character. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, I mean we are seeing a history-making year unfolding in front of us. The, the highest ever test runs in a calendar year, I think, is Muhammad Yusuf, and it's just almost eight, 1,800 runs, just shy of that. And um, Joe Root's only about 390 runs away from that mark. So we could be seeing the most successful year by any batsman ever in test cricket, which is just quite extraordinary. He's got these last two tests, then he'll have hopefully three Ashes tests to break the record. Um, he's already scored six centuries, but, yeah, quite extraordinary. Yeah, it certainly was in terms of his performances so far in this series. Let's change tact a little bit, Menas. We're speaking with Andrew Menzel from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. Since we last spoke a couple of weeks ago, the Southern Brave took out the inaugural title of the 100 in the men's while the women's competition was won by the Oval Invincibles. What did you make of the concept in its inaugural season? 
I think it's a big success. Considering um, uh, what it had to come up against as well. I mean, it was at the same time as an England v India Test Series, the Olympics, you know, a bit of the start of the EPL season. There was, you know, we were coming off the England v Italy Euro final as well. So there were other distractions, and yet they still managed to register a decent amount of attendances. Oh, absolutely. It was a huge boost to the women's game in England. I thought the men's tournament was equally as exciting. Uh, I guess the, the the shame was we didn't get a tight finals game. None of the finals games really were uh, pr- very close. But, um, you know, I think it, it's going to be a very successful tournament as time goes on. Once a few more players go over and play in it, it it's going to be a big hit. I heard, uh, I heard Alex Hales speaking to the media this evening and yeah, he was wrapped with the concept and he likes the, the idea of when a batter's out, it doesn't matter who, if they crossed or not, the new batter has to face. Um, so I think that's something they should look at bringing into the big bash here. Yeah, it's a possibility. There's some great innovations there. I spoke with Georgia Redmayne earlier in the show and uh, she effectively said it was a great experience because even with the women's game, you mentioned how much of a boost it is. Uh, we don't get, aside from obviously that T20 World Cup final last year, realistically, domestically, we don't get massive crowds to women's cricket matches in a domestic sense, whereas at least not, not for most of the matches anyway. Whereas over there, I know it was sort of part hand in hand with the men's action, but still they got pretty decent crowds to those women's games. Uh, probably, you know, around the mark of 15,000 on a regular basis, which we don't get all that often here, uh, despite the fact that Australia women's cricket, they're probably the best in the world. They are the best in the world. Yeah, I mean, I remember when they played the women's Big Bash League games, a lot of them was curtain raises, and they True. would get sort of big crowds going into the the um, the men's game. But, you know, it's just great for the, the English women's cricket to be getting that exposure because... You can't just make it a standalone tournament straight away. I mean, it's taken the Women's Big Bash League, you know, five seasons to get there. And, um, you know, I expect the the Women's 100, if they want to do it standalone, you know, they still need some games as curtain raisers just to advertise it. Yeah, it's certainly very interesting. We're speaking with Andrew Menzel from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. Just in terms of adapting to the concept, were there any players that stood out to you who who really adapted to it and... Obviously, it's a good segue into some other Australians coming across. Uh, you never know in the future, depending on what happens with COVID. Well, I think, I mean, Marizana Cap, I mean, the, the women's side of the tournament had a stunning finals weekend, bowling, basically bowling and batting her team to victory in both the eliminator and then the final um, for the Braves. So, the, no, the Invincible. So, she had a great. Um, Finals, and then for the the brave, I think James Vince is the lucky charm of um, T Twenty cricket at the moment. A bit like Dan Christian, I think he's won three tournaments this year. So, and he's coming to the Sixers to try and make it number four again. Speaking with Andrew Benzel from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast, now Australian cricket coach Justin Langer has said he has cleared the air with his players after conjecture about his coaching style. Do you think? Do you think things have settled down now on that front, uh, based on what you're hearing? <laughs> well, no. who knows? I thought they settled <laughs> down before the tour of uh, Bangladesh, but they all kicked off again. I think it depends on the results. Um, <laughs> I look. I think. I think things will definitely smooth over now that they've got over that. And you know, Galang has got just under a year left in his contract, and uh, who knows whether he'll stay on. But um, yeah, look, things seem okay at the moment. Let's see what happens when they start playing again. 
Yes, exactly, and it's going to be an interesting litmus test. Dale Stain recently announced his retirement from all forms of cricket. What's your favourite Dale Stain memory? I don't know. Don't know if I've got too many favourites. Uh, um, <laughs> it's all painful memories. Australian fan. Yeah, he was just such a good bowler. Um, look, uh, I mean, I I remember his infamous seventy six at the MCG that yeah. uh, he partnered with Dumini and they put on about one hundred and eighty and basically took a Test match away from Australia. Um, but but just such an electric bowler. Um, I was doing some read re- reading about him today and. You know, 699 international wickets, incredible. Um, six years ranked number one bowler in the world. I mean, that's six years at the top. That, that's a phenomenal effort. Um, you know, just won, won everything, was part of the number one test team for a while. So just a phenomenal bowler. I think his strike rate's the best ever in test cricket. And, um, you know, he's, you know, top five bowlers of all time. Oh, absolutely. And I remember that. Was it the 08-09 summer where the South Africans really took it up to the Aussies and, and he was a force to be reckoned with in that summer? Do you think that was the zenith of his career in a way around that period? Yeah, I read an, an article he did with Neil Manthorpe um, today and he said that was a highlight of his career and he said that he was stung because he came to Australia a couple of years before and not my words, not his, got smashed around by modest batsman Phil Jakes yeah. He came back in 2008-9 and said, I'm going to get revenge, and boy, did he ever. Goodness me. Yeah, that's right. That was the 05-06 summer when South Africa were originally there before 08-09 in Australia, and uh, they got pummeled, as we know. That was when uh, that was a summer when Ricky Ponting scored centuries in both innings in his 100th Test match at the SCG. It was probably a highlight of Australia's rate of dominance throughout that period. Uh, now, the Sydney yeah, Six... Yeah, I was there for that game. Yep. I was there for that game. Saw both of them. And I remember um, Smith had to, um, Graham Smith had to try and win that match. So he declared setting Australia around 250, 300. Right. And Ponting, Ponting and Hayden just knocked it off easily. <laughs> but we, we only lost the wicket. You're quite right. I remember that one. Uh, now, the Sydney Sixers have obviously re-signed Englishman James Vince, although he may have to leave the Big Bash early if he gets a national recall. What are your thoughts on his contribution and I guess the talk around Sydney as well in terms of his input. Look, I think there's a, an interesting uh, conversation going on at the moment. I heard Darren Lehman speaking to your associates up in the Queensland, Patton Heels, about the difficulties in inducing overseas players to do quarantine and then play the big bash. There's a lot of players that don't want to do the two weeks quarantine, so they might not come. Uh, but, you know, just in the last week, we've seen Alex Hale sign for the Sydney Thunder and James Vince for the Sixers. So, you know, the, the Sixers and the Thunder have still been able to attract a very high calibre of player. But it, it's going to be a challenge for some clubs to get um, players in. I, Mujibur Rahman signed for the Heat, the Afghani spin-up, but he probably doesn't want to go home, so he'll, he'll sort of play anywhere. Um, yeah, so look, uh, I think there's a challenge in getting players in, um, but terrific that Vince and Hales are coming back to both Sydney clubs. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, the Australian women's team series against India has been shifted to Queensland. The Perth Grounded the Wacker was originally going to host the Test match, and they were going to have one day in T20s in Melbourne and Sydney, obviously due to COVID restrictions and border restrictions. That's not going to happen there. So a lot of the Aussie players, they haven't played any cricket, some of them, since March, April, and many will be in quarantine. Do you think some players may be underdone? 
Yeah, absolutely. I heard Matthew Mott speaking earlier this week about the challenges around keeping especially the fast bowlers sort of fit, having spent two weeks in quarantine with no no fitness training at all. I think they can't do any bowling. There's, it's a hard quarantine in Queensland, so that they can't train. And uh, they're playing, you know, all the cricket against India in 20 days. They're packing it all in. So there's going to be no respite for the bowlers. And, yeah, there's going to be real challenges around keeping the fast bowlers fit. And, you know, you think about that test match. They don't play a lot of test cricket as it is. And getting their bowling loads up will be a challenge. Yeah, that's true. And it'll be a great test for the Aussies. No question about that. Uh, any further updates, Metas, to the domestic fixture on the horizon that's expected to be announced soon that you might have heard? No, I did hear Adam Gilchrist um, speaking to Jared Waitley again on SCN. You can tell him, see, I'm great. I come on. I, oh, I know you're show. an avid listener, aren't you? Um, but yeah, he was saying that. Um, that he's, he was at the Wacker launch and that they were saying there's a few different scenarios playing out, um, but they're changing every day. So, yeah. yeah, I think we'll just wait and see. I think there's going to be some funky um, things done just to get some cricket in. There'll be no one-day cup and um, uh, as much shield cricket as they can get in. Do you think it'll be less shield cricket uh, than what was originally planned for the first half of the summer? I would think so. I wonder if they'll do some sort of strange sort of work out which sort of players can get to which places and then, you know, say if South, if South Australia and Western Australia border open because they might end up playing each other twice just to get those games done, um, things like that, just because they've got to get some red ball cricket into the players before the Ashes, even if it's a few games. All right, well, it's going to be an intriguing few weeks to come to see how it all comes together, the schedule. Betters, appreciate your time once again, mate. All the best. Thanks, Damien. Take care. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Yeah. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.